sweeter he grows. Let's have everyone uh, uh, stand if you would and all the men that will, if you will come and gather around the altar and let's take this service to the Lord in prayer. 
Those of you that don't come to the altar, if you would pray there in your seats. And let's ask God to meet with us today in a special way. Father, we come to you at the beginning of our service, as we always do. First of all, we thank you for being good to us. We thank you for your blessings in our lives. We thank you that you are God. We thank you that, Lord, we can come to you and, and present our petitions before you. We can come, we can ask you for things. We can come, we can praise you. And I want to thank you that you are that kind of God. There are people serving other gods today, but they can't praise them. They can't worship them because their gods are dead. And this morning, I want to thank you that you are alive and you are well. And we can serve you. We can praise you. We can lift you up this morning. And I pray that you would help us to do that. May every song that's sung, Lord, be used to turn our attention and our hearts towards you. May the preaching that is done in a little while be done for your honor and glory as its sole purpose. I pray that everything would fall in line with what you want here this morning. We do pray for our pastor and Miss Sherry as they are away. We ask you to bless him today as he's preaching. And God, would you bless the services that will go on down there today. And God, would you give him a safe trip back tomorrow. And God, would you bless our preacher, help him and his family. And God, continue to use him to accomplish what you want done here in this place. And we'll thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can return to your seats. Let's do something real quick if we can before we sing. If you're here today and you are a first-time attender, you've never been here before, we'd like to recognize you. Just, just simply, we're going to give you a visitor's packet, and our ushers are getting ready to do that now. And the way we do it, if you're a first-time guest with us today, would you please have a seat? We won't point you out or embarrass you or anything, but we sure like to give you a visitor's packet and have a record of you being here with us. Your first time with us today, ask you to have a seat. We're glad that you chose to be with us today. Thank you for being a part of it, and I hope that you'll enjoy yourself as we meet with the Lord today. somebody if you would. Our visitors, some of them are still seated. Make sure you recognize them.
And as much as we're enjoying what God's doing in this place, I was, sit, I was standing over thinking, how much does God enjoy Sundays? Every other day of the week, people are blaspheming his name. People are talking about him. People are ignoring him. And no matter what motives may be or what prompts us to come to church, which hopefully we come for the right reasons, there are people all across this world that on this day meet for one purpose, that's to praise him. What does he have to be feeling right now as we sing praises to him? Amen. Let me give you a couple of announcements and then we'll receive the offering this morning. Uh, due to the Gatlinburg retreat, there will not be a Golden Ages meeting this month. That note was up here, so make sure you take note of that if you would. Of course, Brother Ken and Miss Sherry are in Costa Rica, uh, down there with Bill and Cindy Murdoch and the Ramseys, Andy and Diane Ramsey. Uh, it's the 25th anniversary of the church down there, and uh, brother, they've asked Brother Ken to come and preach at their Bible conference, so he's been uh, preaching down there. I guess uh, he left on Monday and started preaching, I think, on Wednesday. And uh, they've been down there, so they'll be coming back tomorrow. Please pray for them, if you would. Uh, a couple things I also wanted to mention. Uh, Faith this semester, which is our visitation program and soul winning and everything, uh, we're looking for some people to go visit. And uh, I'm sure you probably know people, maybe friends, people you work with, maybe relatives, that you would like for us to, to drop by and visit, maybe invite them to church. Maybe they're lost. Something's going on in their lives that you think we might be able to be a help to them. There's prospect cards, the little, uh, little cards in, the, in all the Sunday school rooms, and there's also some out here in the front lobby. And if you would, uh, if you, there's somebody that you'd like for us to visit, just take one of those cards and fill it out, and you can either leave it out there on the table or drop it in an offering plate sometime during the service. We'll try to keep those replenished out there, and uh, that'll give us prospects, and it'll also allow you to turn in somebody's name that you think could use a visit. And uh, speaking of faith, I wanted to announce this. Uh, of course, we split faith this time. We've got student faith going on on Monday nights with our teenagers and our college-age young folks. And uh, then we've got the regular faith going on on Thursday nights with our adults and adult Sunday school classes. And our teenagers have been out visiting three weeks. The first week, they had two saved. The second week, had two saved. This past week, had one saved. Uh, the adults, we've been out two weeks. And uh, this past week was the first time we got to see somebody saved. But we saw two people get saved. So we've, we've seen seven saved in three weeks of visitation on faith, and that's something to praise God for. Amen? That's wonderful. We're excited about that. A uh, couple of announcements in your bulletin. just want to call, an attention, call your attention to uh, softball, women's softball. If you're interested in playing on the team this year, you can meet in the watch classroom immediately following the services. And any men, 16 and up, that'd be interested in playing on the men's team, meet this morning in the wing after the services also. All right, and then tonight at the evening service, the Awana Guards will be sponsoring a fundraiser. That note is in your bulletin also. And one more thing, and then our ushers will get ready. In two weeks, we'll be starting a men's Sunday school class. And uh, Lord willing, I'll be teaching that class, and we'll be starting that, like I said, in two weeks, the first Sunday in March. Any men that would be interested in it, we'd love to have you come and be a part of it. And uh, that's something that we haven't had for a while around here, and we felt the Lord leading us to start it back up, so... We'll be starting a men's Sunday school class. It'll meet upstairs, last room on the left. It's room number 116. So any men that would be interested in that, we'd love to have you be a part of it, all right? We're going to pray and ask God to bless and ask God to help us in uh, the offering. And you give this morning as unto the Lord. And uh, Brother Terry, if you would please lead us in prayer.
choir's getting ready to sing. One announcement I forgot. We've been having some uh, difficulties with our announcements on the screen, and there's an announcement about a deacon's meeting tonight, and that's just an error on the screen, so um, there will be no deacon's meeting tonight.
That's the answer the world needs today. People to care. More than that, it needs people of prayer. And I thank God that we are in a church where prayer is taken seriously. And uh, I've had several people come to me this morning and, and tell me they were praying for me. You'll never know how much that means. I mean, it may not seem like much to you, but it means a lot to me. And I appreciate those of you that are praying, and your pastor appreciates when you tell him that you're praying for him. I promise you, it's, it's something that just encourages your heart to know people are praying for you. And one of the things I like about our church is when folks come to the altar, they don't ever come alone. Because people pray for them. And uh, we thank God for that. And I'm going to go ahead and get you to turn your Bibles if you would. And we'll be mindful of folks praying. But I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 6. can take our burdens to the Lord in prayer, know that he'll hear us, know that he'll help us, being confident that he does hear and answer our prayers. Exodus chapter 6 this morning, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. Let me call your attention to this next statement. He said, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with the stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, and here it is again, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for, in, for inheritance. I am the Lord. We'll speak this morning, Lord being our helper, on the subject out from under the burdens. Let's pray. Father, may the reading of your word encourage our hearts. May the preaching of your word encourage us this morning as we look to it to find answers for things in our lives. And God, thank you that you do have the answers. Thank you that you have not left us without a roadmap for this life. You've not left us without something to go on, without something to go to. And would you help us, God, to make use of your word today? In your name we pray. Amen. One of the great money-making opportunities of today is to get yourself a weight loss program. Uh, it seems as if they come out with a new one every month or so. There's the low-carbohydrate diet. There's the high-protein diet, the juice diet, the low-fat diet, the diet based on your blood type, the grapefruit diet, the Hollywood diet, 
And the one that most of us are on, the seafood diet, whatever food we see, we eat. Amen? Exercise programs fill our TV screens, promising to help us lose weight fast. You can step, walk, run, kick, punch, dance away the pounds. One advertisement says you can wrap a little electrical stimulator on your stomach and watch the pounds melt away while you just bask in the sun at the beach. If you believe that, I have some beachfront property in Arizona I'd like to talk to you about after the service. You know, it's true, and it's, a, it's common knowledge that most of us Americans are carrying around a little more weight than we should be, even though we don't like to admit it most of the time. But I believe that's even more true in the spiritual realm sometimes. Many of us are carrying around some excess baggage in our spiritual lives. As Max Lucado, he's one of my favorite authors, as he put it in his newest book, Traveling Light, he said, somewhere between the first step on the floor in the morning and the last step out the door, we step over to the baggage carousel and we load up. We grab a suitcase of guilt, a trunk of discontent, a backpack of anxiety, and a hanging bag of grief. We add on a briefcase of perfectionism, an overnight bag of loneliness, and a duffel bag of fear, and we wonder why we are so tired by the end of the day. Our burdens can take many forms. Maybe those describe your life. Maybe it could be some of these. What about anger or arrogance or insecurities or failures or prejudice, disappointment, self-reliance, worry, hopelessness, shame, envy, doubt, and on and on and on the list can go. Every one of us... We pick up burdens sometimes. A lot of these burdens that God never really intended for us to bear. But we pick them up, and we carry them every single day. And we wonder why our spiritual lives are so tired. I have good news for you today. God wants to encourage you as you carry the burdens of life. But more than that, He wants you to know that He wants to do something about those burdens. He promised the children of Israel... He said, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will get you out from under that burden that you've been under. And I believe it's the same promise that God has for us as children of God today. And that is this. We all carry burdens, and God wants to help get us out from under those burdens. Now, it may not always happen in the time frame we want it to, but trust me, God is in the burden-lifting business and nothing is impossible for him to take care of. No burdens too strong, no problems too great, no difficulty is too hard. God is in control, and God knows how to handle your burdens. And as we look at some truths today from Scripture about burdens, I think we'll find some encouragement as we carry our burdens. First of all, I want you to notice this, the reality of burdens. The reality of burdens. The children of Israel, strangers to burdens. They knew what the word meant. When he said, I'm bringing you out from under the burdens, they didn't have to go get in the dictionary and search what that meant or go talk to their friends and find out what exactly God was talking about. They had been enslaved in Egypt for many years now. Some of them probably had no idea what the term freedom even meant. For most of their time in slavery, they had been furnished with supplies to, to build things, to make things in Egypt, and they were enslaved. They were furnished, the Egyptians would furnish them with supplies and they would have to do the work. But in the previous chapter to our text, in chapter 5, uh, the Pharaoh had made a decree and he commanded that they no longer be given the needed supplies. So they had to not only do the things, but they had to go out and start getting what they needed to do their jobs. 
but what they were supposed to do did not decrease any. So their burden had just gotten heavier. Oh, they knew about burdens, all right. And I, I sat and thought this week about what must have gone through the children of Israel's mind. What kind of things maybe went through their mind as they were enslaved there in Egypt? And some words came to mind. I thought about bitterness. I mean, there had to be some bitterness there. They're enslaved by these people. People are, are, are beating on them all day long. People are talking down to them all day long. People are treating them like the, the very scum of the earth every single day. Oh, there had to be some bitterness there. There had to be discouragement. Boy, are we ever going to know what another life is like? Maybe some of them, you know, I don't know how long exactly they, they were at the time in Egypt that they were enslaved. Maybe some of them still knew about what freedom was. And they were discouraged because they thought they'd never see it again. Maybe the burden of pain belonged to some of them. Maybe hopelessness. Are we ever going to get out of this? Maybe disappointment. Boy, if this is all life is, I'd just soon not be living. Low esteem, being beat on all the time, that contributes to that. Fear, they make a mistake. How many lashes are they going to get this time? Longing for a better life. But as I thought about those, you know what? That describes so many people today. Maybe it describes you in here this morning. Maybe, that, maybe one of those things that I've mentioned already is your burden, and you're carrying it around this morning. You walked in, and you, you sat down on the pew, and you still got it. And you're carrying that burden. The truth of the matter is that every one of us carries burdens with us at some point in our lives. There's no escaping the burdens of life. Some of us may not carry as many as others do. Maybe ours aren't as heavy as others. Maybe we don't carry ours as long as others do. But we all know the feeling of a burden on the shoulders. As we think about burdens, a couple of observations come to mind. And first of all, I want you to think about the source of burdens. Where do they come from? I believe that there are three sources for burdens. First of all, I think there are burdens that we pick up. There are some things, whether knowingly or unknowingly, we grab a hold and we start lugging those burdens around. And we carry them, and we carry them, and we carry them, and we carry them day in and day out, and, and on and on and on it goes. And we've picked up those burdens somewhere along the road of life. Maybe you picked it up as a child. Maybe you picked it up yesterday. But each one of us, sometimes we pick burdens up, we stick them on our shoulders, and we start carrying them. Maybe we think we can do it in our own strength. Maybe we think that, that, that maybe they're, they're, they're too small to, to bother God with, so we think we can deal with it. Maybe we get tired of waiting on God, so we just grab it ourselves and say, God, I'm tired of you waiting on you to do this thing. I'm going to just take care of things myself. But whatever prompts us to do it, most of these kinds of burdens are not meant for us to ever carry in life. But there are burdens that we pick up. Secondly, there are burdens that others place on us. We may not have a lot of control over these. Maybe a spouse or a friend or a relative, mother, father, a child, a co-worker, a boss, some other authority figure in our lives may place them there. And we walk around day in and day out with that burden, wondering, God, am I ever going to get any relief? Some burdens we pick up. Some burdens somebody else may place on our shoulders. I don't know what your burden may be this morning. It could be something that happened to you 30 years ago, and it could be something that happened to you 30 minutes ago. But all of us, face burdens. All of us carry burdens. 
There's a third source for burdens, and I think that there are burdens that God places on us sometimes. Whenever he does that, he always has a purpose and a plan for those. And we can be sure that he will never place on us more than we can bear, and he will always give us strength to bear any burden that he chooses for us. The source of burdens. God always has a plan and a purpose. I was reading this week just some thoughts on the subject of burdens, and, and somebody brought out a point about you, you think in your mind of a, one of the big oak trees or something that has a vine wrapped around it or a vine growing up the side of it. And even if that tree is uprooted, many times that vine is still clinging to that tree. When the wind blows on that tree, if the vine is on the sheltered side or on the opposite side of the wind, then that tree shelters the vine from the wind and the storm. If the vine is on the side where the wind is blowing, what does that wind serve to do? Just press it closer to that tree. And so it is with us in the storms of life and in the burdens of life. Sometimes God allows the wind to blow and he shelters us and he intervenes. And sometimes God allows the wind to blow just to push us closer to him. But either way, that vine clings to that tree. And no matter what the burdens of your life may be, let's keep clinging to God. The source of any lighter as the days and the weeks and the months and the years go by, sometimes they even seem to get heavier and stronger. Oh, we don't complain about them because maybe as much because we're getting used to carrying them. We try to hide them with a smile and a cheerful disposition. But down inside, the burdens still weigh us down, and they seem to get heavier. And you're here this morning wondering, how much longer can I carry this thing? Among the parables that the, the Chinese and the Eastern religions use is the story of a woman who had lost her only son. Grief-stricken beyond all reason, she sorrowed night and day. And finally, she went to one of the ancient philosophers who told her that he could get her son back if she would do one thing, and that's bring him some mustard seed. But attached to that promise was one condition. The seed had to come from a home where there had been no sorrow. Eagerly, she set out on her search. And she started from house to house, and in every case, as she soon learned, there had been sorrow. Her one sentence conclusion was that Sorrow is common to all. And how true that statement is. There's no home without sorrow, no life without grief, no shoulder that has escaped a burden. The reality is that we all bear them. That's the reality of burdens. We all carry them. If we could see, if, if burdens were somehow visible this morning, probably every person in this room would have one. Some of them might be the size of a small pebble, and some of them might be the size of a giant boulder. But each one of us is carrying burdens. And somebody in here this morning is carrying one that's about to just get too heavy for you. And it's about to break you. I believe that with all my heart. I believe God had this message ordained. And I don't know why, but I believe that. The reality is we all face trials. And we all carry burdens. What is your burden today? Many times we feel as if we're the only ones going through trials and problems, but we've seen today that we all experience hardships. As a man named William Feather put it, nothing happens to you that hasn't happened to someone else. And it's a source of encouragement to us as we realize we are not alone in our difficulty. We see the reality of burdens, but secondly, let's look at the response to burdens. 
the response to burdens. We've, we've seen the certainty and the reality of them, which brings to mind the question, how should we respond to burdens? What should be our response? What should we do in, in reaction to burdens? What are we to do when our shoulders are weary, our backs are tired, and our feet don't want to go another step because of the burdens we carry? I think there's two things we can do. First of all, I think we can be thankful. You say, boy, that doesn't make sense. You're right, it doesn't. But you know what? I found out over the years, God does not always make sense. Do you all know that? Have you all figured that out over the years? God does not always make sense. He does not always do things like we think he should. He does not always do them in the time that we think he should do them. But let me read you a verse to back this point up. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything, what's it say? Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. Although I believe that God does not necessarily expect us to be thankful for our trials, I don't think God expects us to go running around the street, jumping up and down and yelling, hey, I'm, I'm about to lose my house. Hey, I, I, I just found out I got a bad report from the doctor and we want to shout about it. I don't think God wants us to do that. I don't think that's God's will. But I think this, although he doesn't expect us to be thankful for our trials, he expects us to be thankful in our trials. You see, we can always find something to be thankful for, even when the burdens are heavy, the nights are long, and the difficulty seems insurmountable. Myra Brooks, who is perhaps best known for her poem, The Touch of the Master's Hand, which many of you are probably familiar with. It was a poem first and made into a song. She was confined for the majority of her life to a wheelchair. On one occasion, as a visitor was leaving her house, she touched that wheelchair and she said, and I thank God for this. You see, her talent had lay undiscovered prior to her wheelchair days. It was after God allowed her to go into the wheelchair that she wrote that poem and wrote so many other ones that have been a blessing to many through the years. Rather than becoming bitter, she chose to be grateful for her affliction. And a wonderful ministry opened up for her, and God used her. But that would have never happened without the wheelchair. You see, God, God's not necessarily interested in our comfort. God wants us, and he sometimes has to give us some difficulty to make us better Christians and to make us more like him. And God wants us to grow, and God wants us to do things, but comfort's not always the best way to get that accomplished. Sometimes there's burdens, and our response should be, number one, be thankful. Find something that you can still praise God for and don't get your eyes off of him whenever you're carrying burdens. Here's the second action you can take. Not only be thankful, but be trustful. Romans 8, 28, a very familiar portion of Scripture says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. It says we know, we know, not we hope, not we think, not we, we, we there's a possibility, not there's a probability, but we know that not, not some things, not part of the things, but all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. Be trustful. We know that all things work together for good. You see, although we do not always understand why God allows us to carry burdens, I'm glad we can still trust him with our burdens. The very middle verse in the Bible, people who have more time than I do have searched this out and they found the middle verse of the Bible is Psalm 118, verse number 9. 
And here's what it says. What would you think the great central theme of the middle verse of God's Word is? It says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And if you look at the two middle words of that verse, which would be the middle words of the Bible, it simply is the Lord. The central theme of the Word of God all the way through. Why? Because He wanted us to know, hey, you can trust me no matter what burdens you may be carrying, no matter what problems you are facing today, you can trust God with them, and God will take care of it for you. We need to trust that God sees the situation. We need to trust that God is sovereign over the situation, and we need to trust that God knows when to stop the situation. I firmly believe that God allows us to carry burdens sometimes for the sole purpose of teaching us to trust Him more and increasing our faith. That's why God allows them. Sometimes God lets blessings come out of burdens, and He uses them for our benefit. Natives in Africa have learned a little secret. Of course, they don't have all the technology that we have, but they've learned a little secret for crossing swift-moving streams. You know, of course, the danger is, is walking across those streams. They don't have a lot of bridges or whatever. And the danger is walking across and being swept away to deeper waters and things like that because of the currents. But they've learned a secret. They get to one of those streams they know is they move swiftly. It's a dangerous place to cross. They will reach around, they will look around, and they will find a rock big enough for them to comfortably carry, but, but a heavy rock. And they will put it on their shoulders and walk through that stream. And the extra weight of the burden keeps their feet planted solid on the riverbed or on the stream bed. And you know what? Sometimes God allows burdens because he knows how dangerous the stream of life can be. So he gives us a burden to carry in order that we may make it across safely. God, why? We don't always know why. But sometimes it's just to help us get along a little bit better. We don't understand it. We can't, we can't, it doesn't register in our thinking. But I'm glad that God knows all about it. And I'm glad that we can trust him, that he'll take care of us. A minister happened to meet one of his members on the street one day, and during the conversation, the man told him of all the troubles he had had during the past year. And the fellow finally looked at the pastor and said, Preacher, it's about enough to make a man lose his religion. And the minister, with the wisdom from God, said this. He called the man by his name, and he said, It seems to me like it's enough to make a man use his religion. What do people do without God? I have, I have walked in the hospital rooms and seen situations that to a person who did not know God would have been unbearable. And you see a saint of God laying on that bed in pain, in difficulty, and still with a smile on their face and a sweet spirit trusting God. How do people make it without him? I have no idea. I don't know how they do it. How are you responding to your burdens today? Have you been bitter, complaining, mad at God? Or are you maintaining a thankful spirit in those trials? Are you trusting God in them? Sometimes God will keep us under the burdens in order to develop a heart that does thank Him and develop a heart that does trust Him. And I firmly believe that if we would react better to our burdens, sometimes God would lift them a little bit faster. But we've got to learn how to respond to them today. We see the reality of burdens. We see the response to burdens. But let's hasten on to the third one, and that is this, the relieving of burdens. 
the relieving of burdens. We've seen the reality. We've seen how we should respond. But I'm glad that's not the end of our discussion today. I am glad that there is still hope for the burdened down and weary. I'm glad that God does not expect us to carry our burdens without some help and without some hope. And there are two actions we can take to assist us in our burdens. And here they are, very simple. First of all, I think there's a coming. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, what an encouragement these verses are. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The first action that you and I have to take is stop trying to carry the burdens on our own, and let's come to God with them. Too many times we continue to try to go in our own strength, and we try to go in our own power. And you know what happens when, when we do that? We fail miserably. We buckle under the burdens. And we fail to turn to God for the help that he so readily offers and we so desperately need. You say, I don't have the strength to carry it any longer. I know none of us do. But what about the strength that God has? Isaiah 26, 4, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. That's the strength you need to carry the burdens. And that strength only comes from Him. The first action we've got to take is we've got to stop trying to do it on our own. You're here this morning. You've been carrying a burden for years. You've been doing it on your own. It's weighed you down. It's kept you from being everything God wants you to be. And maybe God's used the burden. Maybe God has done some wonderful things with it that He would not have been able to accomplish otherwise. But you're in here this morning with that burden. Why don't you bring it to God? Why don't you say, God, I'm tired of it. I'm going to go to you with it. But there's a section, second action that we take, and that is this. Not only a coming, but there's a casting. Psalm 55, verse number 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. What a promise. What a promise from the pages of God's Word. If you'll take that burden and cast it on God, he said, I will sustain you. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Once we come to God with our burdens, then we must give those burdens to him. Another way of putting it is unloading your worries on him. And Terry and I were talking this week about what that word cast means, and it literally just means take it and chunk it on him. That, that, that makes most of us where we can understand it, doesn't it? Grab a hold of it and throw it on him. That's what it means. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, casting all your care upon him. Because why? God never intended for you and I to carry most of the burdens that we carry. Because we think we can do it in our own strength. We've got that human pride that says, hey, I can do it. I can keep on. I can keep going. I can keep on doing it. But you know what? That's not God's plan. God says, I want you to turn to me, and I want you to take that burden and give it to me and let me carry it for you. That's the will of God. What we say in prayer, though, we must live in practice. God, I'm going to give you my burden. But before we leave in prayer, we say in Jesus' name and snatch it back, amen. And we go out and not, we're praying about it, 
but we're not leaving it in his hands. We're still trying to do it on our own. We, we pray and we finish praying and we go right back to trying to figure out how we're going to carry this thing. And God says, why don't you leave it with me? Casting all your care upon him. We cannot tell God we want him to help us and then snatch our burdens back out of his hands because he's not dealing with them like we want him to. I've got a little boy that's almost three. be three next month. And there are things that, that he wants to do that he can't do. There's a few toys that he has that's too heavy for him to pick up. There's some things that he tries to get to sometimes that he can't, can't quite reach. And he'll come into where I'm at or come into where my wife is at, and he'll grab it. He, can't, he don't know enough to, to tell us exactly what he wants yet, but he'll grab us by the hand and start pulling us, trying to get us in there so he can show us what he wants so we can get it for him. And you know what? That kind of makes me feel good. My son wants me to help him with something. And I go in there, and the things that are difficult for him are nothing for me. He can't reach up and grab that book, but it's right level for me to do it. He can't pick up that toy and carry all of it into another room, but Daddy can. And I really believe that that's the way God reacts to us. I don't just walk in there and take care of everything that he wants done. But boy, when he comes to me and in his own little simple childish way wants my help, oh yeah, I'm there. And I think that's the way God reacts. That's what prayer is all about. Go in and grabbing the hand of God and saying, God, I need you. And you really think God's going to say, not right now. Do you really think God's going to say, oh, stop bothering me? Oh, no, if that's the way we as humans act with our children, how much more is God going to help us whenever we come to him and ask him for it? What are you doing with your burdens today? Have you gone to God with them and given them over to his care, his control? What is it today? I don't know the burdens you carry. But there is one in this room today who does know. And whatever burden you may be carrying, God wants to bring you out from under it. God wants to encourage you in it. And he may not relieve the burden today. Maybe it's one that he still has a purpose for. But you can be encouraged in the burden by realizing that he's in control. What is it today? I got told about burdens. What is it that came to mind and, and you know what it... There's, there's something on your mind. You know right off the bat, there's a burden in my life. I know what it is, and you've named it. My burden is, and you filled in the blank. There's a God standing ready today to help you with that burden. The reality is we all face them. The response, we should have a thankful spirit still, not being bitter and complaining. And we got to trust him. And then how do we get relief from those burdens? There's somebody we got to go to. Take that burden and cast it on. What about it today? 
Let's bow our heads in prayer. And the choir is going to get ready to sing the song, Burdens Are Lifted Away. What is it today that's your burden? How many of you by left at the hand, you'd say, Preacher, I've got a burden. I'm carrying it right now. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? I'm carrying a burden right now. Hands going up everywhere. I know there's more that God's speaking to, and it's not my job to make you lift your hand, but I know God's speaking in this place this morning. I'm carrying a burden. Thank you. You can put those hands down. Anybody else? I'm carrying a burden that I need God's help with today. Thank you. Hands going up. I wonder right, right, right now while they're playing, let's all stand. You just raise your hand. Why don't you do what we preach this morning, and that is this. Why don't you come to God? You say, I don't want to move. Why don't you go to God? God's not interested in forcing you to make him carry your burdens. He's interested in you coming to him. And why don't you do that today as they're playing and as they start to sing? Why don't you bring your burdens? There's only one place they get lifted away. I'm carrying a burden. There was 50 hands went up in this building. Why don't you come? Steal away to Jesus. Lifted away. Sing it, choir. But they're not lifted away in our own strength and power. It's when Jesus hears somebody pray. You're still in your seat this morning. You're still wanting to hold on to that burden. It's time for you to get out and come down here and say, God, I'm tired of carrying it. But that's your choice. That's your decision. You're going to walk out of here today and keep on carrying that burden? Or are you going to let God deal with it? God knows what we go through. Sing it with the choir this morning. Sing it out.
somebody pray. We've got folks praying. Maybe you're here this morning, you'd like to come and join our church. The only one thing you got to do, and that's come down, take a seat here on the front row. We'll be a help to you. We've got some folks that have already come. Somebody pray. For just a moment, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. ask this question. The greatest burden that you'll ever carry is the burden of your sin. And it's a burden that was already carried by the Lord. He carried it when he died on the cross. Are you here today and you are not sure that you're saved? You're not sure that if your life ended today, you would be in heaven and you have some doubts about it. And you'd like for me to pray for you. I sure will. I won't embarrass you, won't call you out, won't point you out. But I'd like to know if there's anybody in here like that. And by lifting your hand, you'd say, Brother Aaron, I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Nobody looking around, please. But I'm not sure. Would you slip your hand up where I could see it? I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not 100% sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Anybody at all? I'm looking all over the building. All right. As Christians today, we've got a place to go. Let's stop carrying our burdens all by ourselves. Let's go to God. Let Him take care of it for us. Father, thank You that You are the great burden bearer. Thank you that you are the God who is strong enough, big enough, and God enough to carry all of our burdens for us or to help us carry our burdens. We thank you for that. We pray, Lord, that you would help us this morning as we go out of this place. Some burdens were laid down on this altar. Don't let them go back out carrying them the same way. We'll thank you for all that you do. In your name we pray. Amen.